0: I'm Dr. Jack West from City of Hope Comprehensive Cancer Center. Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered, the podcast of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer, a global organization dedicated to research and practice advances in thoracic oncology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud and at islc.org under the news heading. I'm happy to be joined today by Dr. Giorgio Scaliati, who is Professor of Medical Oncology and the former Chief of the Department of Oncology at the University of Turin in Turin, Italy, and currently a member of the administrative board there, and the Chief of Medical Oncology at St. Luigi Hospital Orbisano in Turin. He's also the President of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer, IASLC.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Great. Can you talk about the leading goals of the isLC and perhaps your personal priorities in leading the organization as president well the isLC is a global organization and is in principle a
1: multidisciplinary society that is making the scientific organization unique in the in the field of other or the other scientific societies and uh, the um, leadership of the ISLC felt uh, a couple of years ago that uh, a new strategic plan was needed. And consequently, uh, after a, a strategic discussion that we held in, uh, in originally in Denver and in, in, in subsequently in other board meetings, we decided to uh, plan our new strategic uh, uh, vision in eight different pillars obviously the main pillar for the for the islc remains education mm-hmm. because we would like to educate according to our mission the vast majority of physicians and mainly thoracic uh, people deal, physician dealing with uh, thoracic malignancies uh, how to er- eradicate uh, lung cancer and in general other thoracic, thoracic malignancies obviously in a in a broader Statis- a strategic plan uh, we are also envisioning uh, to uh, jump in uh, in uh, in other areas that uh, were not completely familiar to the ISSC like for instance the policy area mm-hmm. and not only the policy area we would like to look also to increase the international uh, uh, visibility of the society trying to reach as much as possible, also people working in the community. And that is one one of our main goals for the next couple of years.
0: I would imagine that it's becoming a real challenge, this gulf between thoracic specialists and community-based general oncologists. When I think back about the last 10 or 15 years when you presented some of the first work that changed how we practice from the same chemo regimen for everybody. It was your presentation at uh, the World Lung Conference, World Conference on Lung Cancer about uh, 10, 11 years ago that showed the value of treating non-squamous, non-small cell lung cancer, particularly with cisplatin, pemetrexid, versus better outcomes with cisplatin and gemcitabine with squamous lung cancer. Of course, since then it has become incredibly more complex. So I imagine it's it's very difficult to translate the level of knowledge we're obtaining and getting that into practice far and wide. Well, but that
1: is true. The, the field is becoming, uh, fortunately, more complex because it means that we are offering uh, several opportunities to our patients. And the last wave of uh, innovation is being represented by immunotherapy. Uh, but at the same time, I believe that is one of the main uh, duties of w- one multidisciplinary scientific organization to reach the community to educate uh, Physicians that are mainly working in the community obviously <clears throat> avoiding to Overflood the, them with uh, thousands of informations, but this is again part of our uh, exercise to establish priorities in mm-hmm. terms of education and to establish pro- educational programs that will deliver solid messages. That is the critical point because if you are making all the same and you are also delivering information about uh, MeToo results that are not really improving the field, I believe that we are not doing our job. I I truly believe that we need to educate people to the concept concept of precision medicine using real-world data. Mm -hmm. We need to educate the the community, we need to convince the community that molecular testing is for everyone. It should be for everyone. And especially for uh, uh, a physician like me that is coming from uh, the EU side, there are countries, especially in the East Europe, that are not still performing the basic molecular testing for the vast majority of the patients.
0: Is that because people have yet to be convinced of the value of the, the molecular testing? Or is it because it's hard to access that? There isn't the money or the it's just not feasible to get those it's, results? Back.
1: Uh, in, my, in my vision, it's both. It's, uh, uh, it, it's Well, they, they, they are not performing molecular testing because they, are, they have less access to the latest targeted therapies. And uh, you know, it's nothing new for you, it's nothing new for me, but in general, Europe is lagging, lagging behind of almost 15 months in terms of registrations uh, times for for new drugs. And uh, there are countries that they got christotony for altranslocated patients in frontline just a couple of years ago. When you in the United States you got chrisotony almost ten years ago.
0: But then I, I think there's probably other parts of the, the world, I mean you're a ISLC is a global organization. There are places still struggling to get some basic access to some of these agents well, even now.
1: Yeah, well, you, you have to think just to North Africa uh, without going away too much from Europe. Mm-hmm. In most of the North African countries, I'm not talking about the, the middle part of Africa because the situation it's pretty desperate there, but I'm saying that when you're looking to countries like Tunisia or Algeria, uh, the access to clinical trials and to... Also, the latest uh, targeted therapies are, are not, are, is not there.
0: Can you talk about the evolution of staging efforts? I believe you've been part of that. Certainly, IASLC has been at the forefront of refining the staging. Where is that, and what's the importance of, of continuing to revise the staging?
1: So the, the latest edition became, uh, became public a couple of years ago, obviously, with different nuances from one agency to the other because obviously uh, ISLC is uh, is uh, managing the the staging uh, uh, program on behalf of the International Union Against Lung Lung Cancer and also for the American uh, uh, Joint Committee for for, uh, staging Uh, and uh, from that time when the, new, the latest edition has been released, uh, the staging uh, uh, committee is already working on the new edition that w- quite likely will be released uh, not before 2024. Okay. Uh, the exercise this time is to collect as much as possible prospective data, differently from the previous exercises. Uh, You know better than me that the the latest edition has been based on almost uh, 63,000 of patients. We still have an an excess of surgical cases compared to uh, the advanced stages, but the number of patients with stage 4 in the latest edition is definitely superior to the previous editions. Uh, The the next classification we are aiming to add uh, to the classical parameters also some molecular information, as you know, molecular information are more commonly reported in advanced disease, less commonly reported, obviously because the therapeutic implications are less relevant in the early stages, at least for outside of the clinical trial set. But we are trying to incorporate in addition to morphological findings, also molecular findings. That will be probably uh, the most important innovation in in the new classification.
0: Yeah, that's going to add a whole new dimension, I think. Let's turn to screening. In the US, we've had the National Lung Cancer Screening Trial that led to recommendations for screening in older patients at, at sufficient risk, smoking history, but that isn't Followed that well, and it's just been underutilized. Part of that is stigma and a sense, I would say, among many primary care physicians, that uh, it's not cost-effective or overemphasis on overdiagnosis and and anxiety, et cetera. Uh, what's the status of screening efforts in Italy or Europe more generally, and how is this changing in the wake of the? Very positive results of the Nelson trial that showed uh, that was done in Europe with screening and shows a significant survival benefit from CT screening in higher risk patients.
1: Hopefully, the two positive studies will boost uh, more interest around the early detection of lung cancer. Uh, it is also true that with the current performance of the uh, early detection screening studies, uh, detecting only 1%, 1.2% of uh, lung cancers among the high risk uh, subjects that have been considered in the two studies it's uh, it's uh, still uh, a questionable cost effective uh, issue that uh, as you said many physicians are uh, bringing to the table what we are trying to do as islc we are trying to improve the the, uh, the likelihood of uh, selecting uh, uh, patients who will uh, be detected with lung cancer using existing data so in principle we are trying to establish a network of uh, of uh, centers who are owning data about early detection uh, studies
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we are trying to using the cloud we are trying to set up a system of uh, spokes and apps uh, where people are keeping control of the data, but they are just sending to the cloud the, the relevant information for each individual patient that had been already published in, uh, in, 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 uh, in peer-reviewed journals. So there are already existing data in the public domain but they will upload the data and uh, with a specific uh, uh, governance model that we are currently setting up, you will be able from the apps to interrogate all these cases that are sitting in this box. We have 11 spokes and we have three apps. In such a way uh, using a, <coughs> a simulation phantom that is an open access uh, uh, tool that has been developed by the RSNA and by Dr. Avila specifically, we will be able probably to identify earlier those uh, 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 tumor characteristics or nodule characteristics that will evolve uh, into lung cancer. So in other words, we will try to minimize the amount of CT scan that. In, in, a, in a program you are doing for each individual patient, because if the patient is not showing any change in the nodule, in the tri- three-dimensional assessment, probably we will leave out this patient from additional uh, CT scan. Mm-hmm. This is just an exercise. Obviously, this is the step number one, because obviously with this uh, huge amount of preliminary data coming from different uh, research groups, that are progressively emerging about the opportunity or the possibility to detect uh, uh, through blood, through the blood, some early genomic changes in in the individual, probably will be able to complement this type of uh, morphological information, morphological changes with genomic information Mm -hmm. to improve the performance of the early detection. to answer to your question i'm not pretty sure that the the current data that we have uh, um, will definitively increase the over five years overall survival rate of the overall patient population i hope so but the most important information as you know uh, through screening studies we can detect the patient with stage one or two In 60% of the cases. And that is opening the door to another set of of clinical studies that are the neoadjuvant studies using targeted therapies and immunotherapies in the setting, in the stage of early disease.
0: One other way that the field of lung cancer and oncology in general has changed over the last five or ten years has been the more active role of many patients at least in the U.S., and uh, especially those with driver mutations, who now often aggregate in online groups like the Ross Wonders or the EGFR Resistors, trying to uh, accelerate the pace of research on their own condition and spread education. These patients are also increasingly coming to ASCO, World Conference on Lung Cancer, and others. Is this same movement happening in Europe? Are there online educated patients who are Trying to participate more in their care, and just what's your sense of how patient communities are changing practice? Well,
1: as I said before, for targeted therapies in Europe, we are lagging behind the uh, the uh, the patient's awareness is probably different from the the level or the higher or. or whatever you want but the the level of patient awareness is is different in uh, in europe and you know um, lung cancer is still a stigma even more than uh, than uh, uh, in the community in the united states because i believe that the situation in the two communities is not different probably the level of of patient awareness uh, for those patients who are referred to Academic, let me say the big institutions in the United States probably is higher compared to the academic institutions in in Europe it's a matter of fact that in the last ten years we saw Progressively an increasing amount of advocacy groups also in Europe and now They 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 came together in a in a in a sort of European organization that is called Lung Cancer in Europe that is a Sort of consortium of uh, uh, eight or nine different advocacy groups and they are trying to uh, Duplicate exactly what has been done uh, in the last couple or last few years in the United States Uh, but again uh, the the level of involvement of patients involvement in, uh, in, in the treatment decision is still different from what you, you see in the United States.
0: Do they have any political influence or regulatory influence? Are they lobbying to the EMEA? They
1: try, they try to lobby as much as possible, but the, uh, the, 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 the level of, of power that they have it's definitely inferior to what you see in the United States. I believe that to involve uh, uh, patient advocacy in uh, speeding up the the not the approval of new agents, but the reimbursement of the new agents is critical to get the new drugs to the market sooner.
0: Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Visit the news section on IASLC.org for more Lung Cancer Considered podcasts. And please like your favorite episodes on SoundCloud and share them with your friends and colleagues. This is Dr. Jack West. Until next time.